Welcome, Pathfinders, to the Find the Path podcast actual play of the Tales from Dark Moon Vale campfire chat number three. Woo-hoo. Lucky number three. <laughs> it's lucky on a D3 at the very least, which <laughs> yeah. second edition yeah, don't true. exist anymore. Aww. It's lucky on a D4 even. As that long as you're not rolling a D12, you're pretty good. Yeah, it's above <laughs> average on a D4, so that's still pretty good. We're gathered back around... Back around the fire, enjoying one another's company mm. by the light of the glowing monitors. Yep. 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 Or something. <laughs> yep. Pretty much. Hey, I've it's got a, nice a blue hue over everything. I've got one of those like <laughs> log things that you watch all Christmas Day on. Oh gosh. So, oh, there you go. <laughs> they have, yeah, they have YouTube videos of that. You can put it on your TV and it just plays like crackling fire for I like do that hours. every Christmas. Yeah, we do My it every Christmas when family comes over. <laughs> if you put it on the one from Animal Planet, there's puppies and kittens running around too. Aww. Oh, oh wow. do that for next time. I'll check that one out next year. I like the Rift Tracks one just because the Rift Tracks guys just you know, like talk about random crap. So. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I think we need to do a Christmas special next year. All right. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Plans for this year. The Krampus was statted out in 1E. Oh, no. Yeah, no, not the Krampus. No. <laughs> That's pretty fun. It's got to be better than the movie. Uh, probably. So, yeah. Let's go on ahead and talk a little bit about the past few episodes, shall we? A whole bunch of stuff happened. Mm-hmm. So, it's true. Episode seven picked up with the slime mold. Yeah. Which yeah. Sort of quivered in everyone's general direction. It's true. It was a little weird, but it didn't really hurt anybody, so that was good. Nope. Yep. It was, uh, it was about as threatening as the jello mold full of fruit. <laughs> 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 it really did. Uh, it really I'm did a lingonberry. <laughs> Uh, I, I was a lot more concerned than apparently I should have been about that. <laughs> However, I wasn't that concerned about the cloakers and those guys <laughs> us up. So that, yeah. they weren't cloakers; they were dark mantles. Dark mantles. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Technically different, though very similar style of creature. Yes. You encountered those. Decided not to look through the rest of the room because it was covered in mung- yeah. fungus. It and was gross. gross. Yeah. Did we uh, did we miss anything, Ross? Yeah, you know what? I'll go on ahead and tell you. Uh, you. I mean, did. we can never go back, so. <laughs> it's impossible now. So, uh, you know what? You probably, even if you did, um, it wasn't anything plot specific, but there was ah. a uh, book of prayers to Torag that survived. Oh, Worth man. a pretty <laughs> hefty amount of money, too. Aww. Oh, Aww. man. Yeah. We're more sad about the money than the lore, except for Grim. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it is kind of I mean, that's the thing is it's also on one of the top shelves. So you really you have to mess with the fungus in order to get to it. And I was I wondering if anybody cordyceps. was going to. Eh, it's fine. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just imagining the top shelf in a dwarven monastery is still only like five feet up. It's <laughs> yeah. like they'll never find it here. And then they put it up on the shelf. <laughs> and Clove is just uh, like, dwarves. what? <laughs> oh, I found a book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. From there, you went to the main shrine. You dealt with a pair of dark mantles that swooped down from the ceiling to attack you. Mm-hmm. They nommed on both uh, Grim and Astraea for a moment there. A yeah, bit. it was pretty rough. That's kind of a neat mechanic that they had there, the whole like grappling a limb sort of thing. There are some differences with second edition grapple rules that allow for certain things like that. 
which I think makes it a much more interesting combat encounter. Yeah, honestly, I thought it was rather intriguing. And you made those, right? Yes, I did custom those monsters. Really, I adapted them from the first edition versions because Dark Mantles did totally exist in first edition. It's just Mm -hmm. they have not been ported over into second edition as of the time of this recording. So, yes, there are a couple of other monsters that I did have to custom in. Uh, perhaps the other really particularly interesting one was the cauldron. I actually built oh, that one yeah. up from the ground up as well. So, that, <laughs> Oh, yeah, because animated objects fun, haven't been ported over either. Not really. A few of them have, but most no, no. Yeah. So the warg, is the warg a normal 2E warg? Yes. So none of us learned, but I recently learned from society that wargs can swallow whole small size creatures. What? Oh they can, yes. <laughs> what? That's and, terrifying. Uh, it's horrifying. So we could have had a halfling snack happen and we didn't, thankfully. You could have. <laughs> well, now we know Grim that the wolf in Little Red Riding Hood was a warg. Yeah. <laughs> what do they like unhinge their jaws or something? Yes. Yes. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. That's uh, horrifying. I, I do appreciate, I think I uh, got a little glazed over there that Jordan brought up my same thought on there, where it's just like, that's an interesting way of approaching the big bad wolf from Little Red mm-hmm. Riding Hood mythology. Yeah. Of, <laughs> he was really know. a warg. Little Red Riding Hood and Grandma were halflings in the war, and the, the wolf was a warg. And All the speak. big bad wolf is, is a talking wolf, wolf yeah. that can swallow things whole. And now I just want to mm-hmm. go play the wolf among us. Also, yes, the wolf <laughs> among us, if you haven't played it, do it. Yeah, um, maybe. Right. so great but so yeah anyway, yeah rachel could have almost been eaten and that would have been bad she <laughs> could have she would have stabbed her way out let's be honest yeah you can still stab your way out but it is not fun <laughs> to say I'm, the least i don't imagine it would be <laughs> no i would say what was interesting is the fight with the warg was not as bad as i was expecting it to be I thought we were going to be in a lot more trouble than we ended up being. We could in. have been in a lot more trouble if he kept eating our mushrooms. Yeah, so that was not. That cool. was rude. That sure. was an interesting, and we are pretty much in episode eight now, right? So we'll go ahead and yeah. focus yeah. on that at the moment. The penultimate episode. So <laughs> is he supposed to eat those mushrooms, or is that just you being mean to us, Ross? Uh, <laughs> as far as the as far as the tactics of the wolf uh, or the war go, uh, and the adventure as written, they're not very detailed. It's just mm. mostly he attacks the party. But I figured that a warg that was willingly working with the kobolds and very much didn't care for human civilization would have no problem just downing a few mushrooms if that was, Mm. you know, petty enough to stop you all from saving the village. (laughs) (laughs) He seems the vindictive sort. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) It is something of a double-edged sword because on one hand, doing that does make it less likely for you all to succeed in your goal. However, it also means it's less likely for him to survive the encounter because he wasn't necessarily going full out on attacking everyone. Mm. So, and uh, of course he did ultimately die. I mean, we were all there. Mm -hmm. So, spoiler alert for the episode you listened to earlier. (laughs) If I can offer some advice here, Ross, from my personal experience, Mm. this really only applies to the mummy's mask. Maybe consider having them explode when they die as a a really good vindictive you. <laughs> yeah, I see, really enjoyed that mechanic. <laughs> Little did you know that the kobold stuffed him full of TNT, and so. <laughs> wow. Yeah. No, thank you. 
He's just taking a bunch of nitroglycerin. They're like, if, he, if he's hit with a bludgeoning weapon, there's a 20% chance that he detonates. Too much violent motion. Gracious, didn't realize he was a Voltorb. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. How did Voltorbs even survive in Pokemon? Anyway. They don't. They don't. Yeah. The, the Torag puzzle blessing thing was cool. Oh, yeah. Um, That's true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was actually. For a second, but yes, that yeah, that's cool. fine. I think it's worth going over. I was actually curious if anybody was going to figure that out, and so I'm glad that Grim spent more time examining the shrine proper. But again, I, th- I feel like it's another one of those occasions we're playing a follower of Torag, and this has really paid off. Now, I'm curious. I might have asked it to you at the time. Mm-hmm. I can't remember now. And again, if uh, if this is too much of a metagame, too much metagame information or anything, let me know. No, Did we fine. miss any? gemstones because you said that there were like five slots on there i'm thinking that they may have been used previously but heather is close to correct um so these are usually temporary measures enchanted by priests of torag as like sort of one use items they were five of them are maintained at a time and some of them have been used over time though the priest could always enchant more the others that had been enchanted were simply just lost to time to Durgar carrying them off to kobolds, you know, selling them or whatever else, you know, over time. Mm. And only one remained mm. in the temple. Yeah. But they do have magical auras on them. So I was uh, curious as to whether or not Amaranth was just going to blast off and detect magic at some point. It's like, oh, by the way, there's a magical aura around <laughs> by here. By the way, this is magical. I totally should have, apparently. That's <laughs> eh, okay. You all figured it out in the end. So no harm, no foul. It's true. Yeah. And then Reggie learned how to talk. Yeah, Amaranth almost drowned. Reggie, <laughs> true. Amaranth did almost drown, but on the plus side, Reggie can talk now. <laughs> and floated you're, you're above him steps. while he was drowning. Reggie could talk first, and we had a grand celebration of Reggie's personhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Reggie is uh, super happy to meet y'all, and hopefully, she'll be able to play a part in things to come, including watching me almost drown. Yeah. The sad thing is, it's like, I'm a sugar glider. There's really nothing I can do here that will help you. But, yeah, she can try yeah. to cheer you on. Yeah. I mean, you know, that she needs to take some ranks in Bard and get that Bardic performance and inspire some competence and all that. <laughs> that's does. not how familiars work. I know it's not how familiars work, but I wish it was. That's <laughs> <laughs> how this one take will work. Take leadership and upgrade. Gum. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's even a feat anymore. That's not a feat anymore. <laughs> But still, it's not because it was broken. We <laughs> excised it entirely. Sad. And then, of course, you got to play with the drowning and swimming rules. Ugh. Okay, yeah, but to start that off, Grim leapt twenty feet <laughs> to the other side of the shore. How in the heck are you able to do that? Skill feats, feats. acrobatics, man, or athletics? Yeah. yeah, dude, that's crazy. Because, like, yeah, for twenty feet, though, as a short-legged person. That's an incredible distance to be able to jump. It just well, goes you know by your movement speed. His name is Mario. <laughs> <laughs> You're like the incredible Hulk up in there. Well, and the the amusing thing to me is, uh, and I didn't realize at the time. Apparently, the swim DC was a DC fifteen. Yep. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I mean, it was only five higher to leap across with huh. one action. Wow. Well, for me, it's one action because of a skill feat. It's two actions otherwise. Yeah. But, I I think I mentioned this to Rachel when I was trying to figure out what skill feat I wanted to take and I went through a whole bunch of them. I kind of got fixated on the athletics one because Grim is slow. I am just plodding along and the difference between 20 and 25 feet is 
surprisingly large when you're dealing with like the three action economy mm-hmm. because yeah. it means that my maximum speed is 60 while all of your maximum speed is 75 or 90, 90. For, someone's got it someone's for got a 30 foot movement speed yeah 30 foot movement speed so like i am literally you know a third your speed and so being able to uh Later on, when Ross is just like, oh, he's over here, but, you know, you have to move through 10 feet of difficult terrain to get to to him. I'm like, nope. And then spring through the air to do a. <laughs> You're like, going to be like one of those annoying people in an MMO that just jumps just everywhere. Jumps everywhere. everywhere. <laughs> yeah. I, I am more picturing the uh, barbarian from Diablo 2 with his leap attack. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. anyway, I plan on doing a lot of leap attacks. Mm, I like if it. only I had sudden charge and could somehow do a leap action as part of that. I don't know. Multi-class of a barbarian. It'll be fun. That's true. I could. True. Yeah, I think you have <laughs> the constitution. Also get sudden charge. True. Either one would work. Grim had a Grim has a little bit of anger. Mm-hmm. It came yeah. out in episode nine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That so. Yeah. Episode eight left off with a trio of well, dirty capitalists. Yeah, I mean, for starters, um, <laughs> just terrible, no good. Bad boys. Yeah. Trio of no good, good old boys. Yeah. yeah. Mm. <laughs> ah, nice. No the good old boys. The hills do have highs. Yeah, that was brilliant. <laughs> that was the best I love it. Yes. Oh, gosh. Uh, but yeah, no, they uh, began their assaults uh, against all of you in the next episode. They were pretty tough, honestly. Yeah, they like, almost yeah, they were. Yeah, yeah they were. it was problematic. I will say I pumped up the difficulty a little bit just because some of the encounters in the temple went a lot easier than I expected them to. So I was like, oh, I could probably bump it up a little bit. And then like, Ow. and then it was maybe a little too much. So fine tuning the uh, second edition encounters is still something I'm working on. I'll admit that to all of you. I'm curious. Well, what I was didn't the, die, so it's fine. What was the creature level on those? They were creature level two each. So... Ooh. Yeah. So they were each equal in strength to each of us individually. So, yep. We had numbers on our side. You did have numbers still, on your side. That's and still magic. three three creatures level equal to us. So that's a pretty tough fight. Yeah. I mean, and it was on some level meant to be as well. So a couple of things. Uh, first of all, I'm sure the listeners at home who have already read through this adventure or run it at some point. Uh, we'll know that that encounter is actually not part of the adventure as written. Oh. As written, you basically head straight back and everything's fine. And it just sort of hand waves a lot of the other implications. However, inspecting the area, the people involved, and also several elements of some backstories from the characters... I felt like having the Lumber Consortium play a larger role in these stories was going to be something that not only the players would be interested in, but that might also help give a bit more flavor to the location. I mean, a dark, creepy wood is not necessarily a bad location by any means. It's just dark, creepy wood. Also, the only civilization nearby are these like selfish capitalists that just sort of hang out and make life difficult for everybody uh, was an interesting Well, the angle. town's alignment is neutral evil. I mean, it's true. <laughs> the town itself is just not a nice place to live. And I felt like something like that would help drive that point home and make it a bit more just a just a bit more. Um, there are monsters out in the woods. Yes, but there are also the monsters, you know. Nice. Yep. 
People are the real monsters. Turns out it's man. (laughs) I mean, people are the real monsters, but at the same time, there were still like actual monsters out there. That warg wasn't exactly a a good person. (laughs) True, true. I guess it's I guess it's the argument of their their motivations. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the wolves were just hungry. The warg was just a sadistic a hole human being. Yeah. But in the case of these people. They're literally just trying to profiteer off the the suffering of others. So you can make an argument that they were more evil than the warg or mm. anything else that we fought in this adventure because True. at least they had a better motivation than just profit. Yeah, mm. it's true. Yep. So we also probably made that fight a little bit harder for ourselves by, uh, for some of us, by trying to do non-lethal. Well, I mean, it's... <laughs> I would assume that most of us have has have never killed another human being before. Do we want a show of hands? It's not a literal show of hands. I mean, I, mean, I think it's only it. grim. Yeah, uh, yeah. Amaranth has never killed an, a sentient creature, so the warg was actually the first one he'd ever killed. Yeah, I mean, the warg's the first thing that the warg and the kobold were the first things that could talk that Celestine would have ever killed. You did deal with them. I believe two of them still actually lived, or at least they did when you left them. The one yep. did die. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I killed him. Yeah. Well, he almost killed yeah. me, so F that guy. Yeah. Yeah, well, I it mean, was purely self-defense. It was, He came awfully close. Like, Clove was not in a good way. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, one thing I, I have always wanted to have is non-lethal spells. Mm. You have like, non-lethal of- spells. It's called sleep. <laughs> I mean, okay. Or non-lethal hold, damage hold spells. Okay, something that just does damage. Like enough. concuss. I mean, yeah. so I need to take concuss. In first edition, I don't know if there is a similar thing in second edition. I don't think there is yet. I don't think so. But in first edition, there was a metamagic feat that lets you deal non-lethal damage with any attack spell. It was actually a zero-level sure. adjustment as well. Um, a non-lethal fireball boom that'd be yeah. cool I guess it was like a heat ball I really don't know what the deal just is pressure. there yeah, but, yeah. Was, yeah. you just yeah. hit him with a like pressure a wave of it it was basically like a really big flashbang yeah I guess so yeah but I've never taken that feat and I, I always say to myself man it'd be really nice to have that and then I never take it yeah I mean there are some campaigns it's just not as useful in especially if you're fighting like a whole bunch of undead or something similar mm. that just are like non-lethal damage eh. yeah uh, <laughs> So try to run away from me, non-lethal magic missiles. Yeah. Again, whole person feels better. I mean, I guess. <laughs> but then they get a save. I don't want them to get a save. I just want them to. I just want non-lethal magic missiles because then I'll ne- they will never have to roll and have good luck, and I'll never have to roll and have bad luck. Uh, wow. <laughs> I need that guaranteed damage. You still have to roll the damage dice, Jordan. And from what I understand, that's generally below average for you, also. So. <laughs> Well, you know what? You can't have it all. <laughs> but your spells are non-lethal because you roll bad damage. <laughs> wow, Jess. Dang. I prefer the term less than lethal. Thank you. <laughs> now that's a spicy burn right there. Ow. Have <laughs> some aloe for that burn. Jeez. But yeah, um, you dealt with them and then headed back to Roots and Remedies and had the cure made up. And yeah. one mm-hmm. question I did have for all of you is... Did you expect things to go the way they did with the mayor nope. and everything kind of? I thought we were totally going to jail. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think it's going to come back. Become, like Robin Hood's out in the woods. Uh, yeah, I figured, yeah, we were going to go make our own band of merry men, and that was how we were going to end that. I actually, I kind of expected what we got just because I figured that they would not have sent them after us if they didn't have a story already planned out for plausible deniability and throwing these people under the bus. So, which is exactly what they ended up doing was just like, oh, well, we didn't know anything about this, and they went out after you all on their own. Which is hilariously even plausible to us, you know, as far as we know. I mean, we know better. The All guys flat out told us they were sent by the by the boss. So I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah Bubba, Bubba, and Bubba Joe were out there, obviously being <laughs> maniacal masterminds, <laughs> manipulating this entire situation. Yep. Well, fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's what I would have expected, but I also have been running a lot of political intrigue stuff from behind the GM screen. So that's the direction I would have expected the story to go. So that might've been a little bit meta of me. I didn't kill that person with the intention of that being the case. I killed that person because my paladin code required it of me. Yeah. I don't like your paladin code, by the way. Hey, we had some serious (laughs) drama with that. That was so dramatic. It was super dramatic. I will say that I really appreciated having that opportunity to delve into the changes in the champion's code system. Oh yeah. Because I was able to just look at that and go, I don't have to have this moral quandary and debate. I asked Ross one question. Ross literally responded to me. Well, which one is higher on your tier? I said this one and he said, well, you have to do it. That can cause problems eventually. in like in the foreseeable future, I believe what didn't even come up in the adventure that I think would have been really interesting is if we had killed all of them, According to my code, protecting the innocent, which would include my daughter and granddaughter, goes above respecting the law, which means that I could have hidden their bodies in the woods so no one could ever find them and still be within my paladin's code because I'm protecting other innocent people. I don't know how I feel about that. That feels like super shady. Again, that is only because this government is not trustworthy. Because if this had been a trustworthy government, then I could not have made that argument that the government would be a threat to innocent people. Well, this also probably wouldn't have happened. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, sure. You never know. But I, I found it very interesting to have that opportunity to dive into the champion's code and the way that it's whole like the Asimov's laws of robotics now, which I well, really love. Well, that's just for Torag. So, I mean, well, different champions with different deities. Yeah, every different, every different champion yeah. would have a different direction that they had to take. Which does make it fresh so that you don't have to be like, oh, you're playing a paladin. Oh, great. I know exactly what, you know, your deal is. You know, it's a lot more unique and flexible so if you were playing like a chaotic good pal- uh what are they called liberators yep mm-hmm. yeah then you'd have a whole different set of rules and requirements it's only really going to become a problem with jessica in the next one when there's like a cute kobold trying to surrender to us and grim's like nope and starts nope. smashing through <laughs> yeah. them all <laughs> then we will fight oh man you thought the drama was amped up wait until the sequel Oh. Well, if you had a champion of Shalin and a champion of Torag in the same party, that would be a problem because champions yeah. of Shalin have to accept surrender. Yeah. yeah. So that would be an interesting conflict. Or surrender, yeah. I'm sure, has the same thing. Yeah, I think yeah. she has a similar thing. Yeah. I, fr- I think hers is worded slightly differently, but it's basically the same idea. It's like you have to offer it to them or something. Yeah. Um, except for like, I think it's like specifically things that can't be redeemed, which I think the implication there is undead, basically. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't think you have to necessarily offer it to demons and devils, even though they have proven that demons and devils can be redeemed. A very, very rare instance that that happens. So it's probably like, I mean, the odds are it's not going to work. Mm. Yeah, that was fun. 
Yeah, from there, though, we uh, left it off with the group having cured Black Scour. Things are... I'm not going to lie. There there absolutely was a moment there where I was like, oh my gosh, is Grimm's uh, granddaughter going to survive? Yeah. And I was like, I was, I was, I was seriously like, oh for a no. I tugged those hearts. But heart then she str- did. I couldn't resist the urge to tug the heartstrings a little bit, but I didn't want to milk it for too long because then that just goes into cruelty. Uh- mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, fair. Don't drink that out. And then we all got out. drunk That'll in the treehouse, so that was fun. Yeah. And we learned that, yeah. uh, coincidentally, that Heather and I had both picked Kalistria as our deity, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> and the same aspect of Kalistria, even. <laughs> Celestine is going to make Amaranth her boyfriend eventually. <laughs> <laughs> he does follow the uh, the loving aspect of Felicia, shall we say? So I mean, yeah, maybe. I rescind the offer to let you stay in the shack at the edge of my property. <laughs> <laughs> I refuse to have a love Aaron's- shack on my property. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's more of a love treehouse, actually. <laughs> no, 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 we built the treehouse. That's new. The treehouse is for everyone. <laughs> There's just going to be a sign out front and just big painted red letters that says, you know, Foxtrot Treehouse. Yeah. It's got like a sign that says no Lumbies or something like that. Whatever no, no, Lumbies. 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 It's Gumby's cousin, Lumby. Gumby's cousin. There's a smaller uh, sign underneath that that says girls okay. Anyway. Uh, I would hope so. Considering that there's a majority of the team, yes. Yeah. There's two different uh, sets of ladders leading up, just one for the short people and one for the tall people, so the rungs are properly spaced. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) We're accommodating like that. That's true. But yeah, we left it off uh, there, and so we'll see what becomes of Foxtrot Squadron at some later date. And you know when that later date is? Gen Con. (laughs) Oh, yes, yes. Yes, uh, if you want to join us for Gen Con on August 1st, I believe that is a Saturday, if memory serves. Stupid memory. Yes, Saturday. Anyway. uh, (laughs) Yeah, 6 p.m. Eastern time. 6 to 10 p.m. We will be playing a live show, and you'll get to see what happens next for these characters. I will once again uh, be the Game Master, and of course, all of the fine crew here at Find the Path will be in attendance. So if you've been looking forward to more adventures, you won't have to wait very long to get to the next one. Yep. yep. Yeah. So join us on our Twitch on August 1st. Uh, make sure you get your badge through Gen Con. I think you can register mm-hmm. for events on July 13th. Ah, so yes. register for ours. Yay. Woo. I apologize in advance for my rambling us answers, Jordan's off topic jokes, and Heather's profanity. <laughs> hey. Hey. I'm going to try my best. <laughs> Rachel and I are okay. <laughs> I don't it's know this Rachel last stream you were, not, you were not having oh, a clean mouth that's not true but we know how to turn it off because we were teachers and you have to kind of be able to flip that switch it's a, it's a talent that you have to pick up it, it's not necessarily something mm. you're born with we'll see that's what true. the dice do because that's what will determine it really that's true, that's true. <laughs> once Rachel roll- starts rolling nothing but nat ones mm-mm. if you roll below yeah, a 10 you have true. to curse them's the rules <laughs> <laughs> so yeah join us then find the path helping to contribute to the best four days in gaming indeed and yeah it will also be an actual live show so enjoy that too 
Yeah, if you're not a follower of ours on Twitch, go ahead and uh, jump over on Twitch so that you can also follow us there, comment. Mm. You know, we'll probably have somebody keeping an eye on the Twitch chat during the uh, the game, so maybe we'll have a little uh, chance to talk to all of you as uh, before we sign off at the end of that too. I mean, you're assuming you're all going to survive that, but sure. Wow, well, players will survive. I mean, yeah, good grief. Yes. Okay, so the, the players the first will kill- survive. <laughs> We're the first here. character to die is will be in charge of the Twitch chat. <laughs> Everybody think of a crazy backup character so you can threaten Ross. Oh, no. <laughs> kill me, I'm going to play a leshy with a melon head that keeps a bomb in there. That actually sounds <laughs> As awesome. An alchemist. <laughs> be a great alchemist, actually. So, yeah, no, Clove, you've already, you're already dead. Sorry. I want to see this leshy. No. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta play the lizard folk that was raised by kobolds and just thinks he's an abnormally large kobold. Oh my god, that's um, so cute. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> the ward cloak comes back to life. <laughs> oh god, no. But redeemed. It has like a halo. It's redeemed with a it's halo. It's an Asimar ward. <laughs> what? <laughs> Those are just templates now or whatever. I mean, I... Kind, yeah, technically correct. Yeah. Could be a celestial org, I guess. I don't know. I'm surprised Jordan didn't jump in with the Wazimar. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Why would uh, I need to? Because I got you to do it. There Boom. You go. Boom. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So on that note, we do have an email. If uh, we would like to go ahead and go over that. I would and love to. Sure. So today's email comes from James and Grable, Wyoming. Which is near Bighorn National Forest, if that helps. Oh, wow. So, I don't know if we were uh, replaced. Cinder planes because Aurochs. Ooh. Yeah, but the cinder planes are like plainsy. This is foresty. Yeah. yeah, this is foresty. But Bighorn. But forest. But horn. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but trees. <laughs> But big. <laughs> when in doubt, put him in Dark Moon Vale. <laughs> Everyone is in Dark Moon Vale. He's something foresty. What about Nermathis? Nermathis is full of forests. Yeah. yeah okay, okay, well, let's we'll put him in Nermathis. Yeah. Fine. So, Sounds um, good. Have, have we had anyone from Cassin in Nermathis? I, I feel we like have. we have. I think we have. But I also but I love don't... Cassin. Yeah, Cassin's <laughs> pretty great. Say, we, don't, we don't keep track of where we put everybody, so we, there's we probably really repeats. Should. I think Maybe. James can be from Cassin. Yeah, James is from a mirror version of Cassin. So have fun with that. Now. Um, <laughs> mirror Cassin. It's yes. the exact same as regular Cassin, but everyone has a goatee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, but James goes on to say, hello, Team Foxtrot. Hey. Hello. Hey. Yo. I'm so happy that that name stuck. <laughs> <laughs> I want we to need, write. We need to all get our, have our characters get cool like shoulder badges with like cute little foxes on them or something. Ooh, <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah. Yep. Oh, that like little Firefoot Fennec you all saved. Yeah, like yeah. The, yeah. he's our team mascot now. We'll have to go rescue him and turn him into a mascot. Live in the treehouse. I don't. I know. mean, you already rescued <laughs> him. <laughs> rescue him we again. Have to find him again. Uh, rescue, okay. rescue him from his life of freedom so that he can be domesticated. No, uh, that's just sad and awful. That made it sad, Rick. Always one step too far. Yes, always one step too far. <laughs> James, however, says, I want to write in and say how much I'm enjoying the Tales from Dark Moon Vale episodes you're putting out. I listen to a lot of actual oh, plays, and while most of those are slowing down due to the quarantine, it's cool that y'all think I'm using that right. And you are, James. That's a perfectly good <laughs> usage. Yes, mm-hmm. correct. Did, did he put the apostrophe in the correct spot? Yep. 
That he did. Yeah, oh, nice. there you go. Good job. <laughs> there we go. Kudos. Well done, James. Are actually making more shows than before. So you know, we're doing true. our best. Uh, that's great since it ke- it's helps uh, keeping me from going crazy looking after my little brothers since we aren't in school. Oh, uh, yeah. That's, oh. Well, glad we can help out. That's being a good big brother there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mad respect for you, James. <laughs> I was on the fence with Rick not being the GM for this just because it's new, but I think Ross does a great job. Well, thank you. Aw, I agree. Job, Ross. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's been doing a bang up job. Well, appreciate I like it. Ross is as uncomfortable reading that as I am reading things about myself. <laughs> yeah. I have to say, it's not my, uh, not the best thing that I can do, but I, I do appreciate the compliments. Thank you. But Ross will quietly endure the I, praise. I will, I will endure and carry on. And yep. then he says, I've always thought Rick was nice. It was a nice GM, but Ross seems way nicer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, y'all don't even know. You. Oh no, like, he'll absolutely kill us. Like he sounds like he feels bad for attacking the character. And I mean that <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Ross will kill you, but then he feels real bad about it. Like the yeah. first he comes thing up in the session just is, apologizing. I'm, I'm sorry. For <laughs> is it hard being the bad guy? And I have to say, yes. Yes, yes. it is. <laughs> That's where Ross and I differ. Yeah. <laughs> I do it because I feel it is necessary to challenge the characters so that the story is good, but that doesn't mean it's easy for me. Uh, he yeah. then also asks, have you ever killed a character? And I will let y'all kind of. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. I think the last yeah. character that you killed actually was mine in Carrying Crown. Oh, Simon died no, too. No, no. Simon, Simon then died after that. And then Jessica, didn't, Jessica then died, died after, after that. that. Jessica's yeah. the last yeah. one that died. And I guilted him into letting me come back by spending a bunch of resources. <laughs> well, yeah, you did spend like all of your final boss resources. So yeah. <laughs> all, yeah. all of these characters came back and just ate up a bunch of resources. Yeah. Yep. I failed a save or die spell. Was it Phantasmal Killer? I can't remember. I think so. I think finger, finger of death. I think finger of death. Yeah. Was finger of death. Oh, yeah. Yours was finger of death. Mine was whale of the banshee. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, whale of the banshee. And I believe I died trying to cast a freedom of movement on Jordan. Yeah. So. Uh, no surprise, guys. I was in danger. <laughs> <laughs> so, so short. Long story short, yes, Ross will murder you. Ross has killed before. Ross will kill again. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I probably yeah, will. <laughs> Just statistically yeah, speaking, context, that has a whole new meaning. <laughs> also, yes. Um, I hope nobody gets a hold of this episode if I ever go to trial for something. Yeah. Uh, uh, I was just earlier talking about burying people in the woods. So, I mean. <laughs> Yeah, There's a lot of audio context. of us doing yeah. bad things. <laughs> James also says, uh, all of the team are cool characters, and it's cool getting to hear Rick play a character for a change. He sounds Thank like you. he gets real into it. Um, yeah, I do. I enjoy, yeah. I enjoy playing a he character. He has to take advantage. He doesn't get to, g- to just be a player for all that often, so he's got to like maximize it. Yeah, it's true. true. That's, why I have to th- and that's why in the other games, I have to throw myself wholeheartedly into familiars and backup characters and all the rest of that stuff. <laughs> you, to- you know, he has this tone like he doesn't prefer it. That's true. Mm. No, absolutely. <laughs> Mr. Control over here definitely would rather be behind the screen. <laughs> but it's, it's nice to be able to sit here and just kind of coast and be like, look at all that hard work Ross is doing. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of nice to be able to just show up, put on some headphones, and ab lib everything. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It is fun. Yeah. Oh. Uh, he says that he hopes to run this now for his brothers and friends, probably making characters because we haven't played Pathfinder 2 yet. 
Uh, having played yeah. through most of the story, of, let's see, if you were going to make characters now, what would they be? I actually really like Celestine. I don't think I'd change it up very much. I yeah. think a ranger, because originally I thought about doing a ranger. I think a ranger would have been a lot of fun for this. Yeah, that's the only change I might make to Celestine is make her a ranger instead of a rogue, but I'd keep her mm. backstory the same. If Clove died, I would play a druid. Mm. I would not change a thing. <laughs> I love Amorant. If you so had much. to. If I had to... Um, with what you know of the story now. Yeah. With what I know of the story now, it would probably be kind of interesting to do a uh, dragon-blooded sorcerer. Mm. Um, just given the kobold angle. So that might be kind of cool to do. True. Australia? Um, I don't know. I probably would have done uh, a ranger, to be honest. Yeah, just because of the, the nature of the story and the, the forest being nearby, I think a ranger would have been really cool. I think having a I think having a dwarf in the party with dwarven lore is also rather beneficial. Like yeah, I very cool. much enjoy yeah. being yeah. in that position, so I think it's a great adventure path to make sure that there's a dwarf in there. Uh, oh, I also yeah. think and somehow making a Torag. Yeah, I think somehow having a, an alchemist in the party that works with the lady that sends you out to actually collect Laurel. the items would be kind of fun. Laurel. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or maybe someone kind of tied to the to the witch out here. Mm, oh, like yeah. an elf. Somebody old, or, right? Oh, or really playing a witch would have been cool. Literally playing the witch when that book comes out That'll in uh, be out, July. Yeah. 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 Which is this yeah. month. Yeah, as True. of the time of the recording, uh, Advanced Players Guide should be coming out later this month. So, yeah, I think I think witch, dwarf, ranger, druid, uh, in any combination would probably be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Although I've got to say, and after I said that. Nobody said they would play a cleric. That's what's interesting yeah. to me. Yeah, I mean, well, the having the Torag angle was also really neat. So cleric yeah, or cleric anything Torag like, would be cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Although having said that, witch dwarf sounds amazing. <laughs> witch nice. dwarf, that dwarf. Uh, if they bring back the white-haired witch archetype, except for you could uh, use your beard. Oh my god! God, that'd be great. So so gross. <laughs> You know, there's a part of me that thinks I'm making this up, but I think I read somewhere that they are bringing that back. I oh, like that archetype. I, it's one of the ones on first edition that's always been kind like, of on the back burner. I think it's a feat now instead, like one of your feet options instead of like a full on mm. archetype. But yes, I think you can do that. Well, I think Hensile cool. hair has always been, was a witch hex. Yeah. yeah, I think it was a witch hex that you could take before was prehensile hair. So mm. making that a witch feat would be pretty cool. Yeah. Ideas. But uh, James closes by saying, keep up the great work and thanks again for making new stuff now while we're all stuck at home. Oh, thank you, James. Yes, yeah. thank you. Mm-hmm. We and appreciate we the compliments. We are our best. Yeah, we're and glad that we were able to keep you company. Exactly. It's always, uh, we're glad to be along for these trying times and you know, thank you so much for listening. Mm-hmm. Hopefully Absolutely. we brighten up your week just a little bit. Yeah. From the Reddit and the Discord and everything, it seems like everyone enjoyed our foray into second edition. And Woo. like we said earlier, these characters will be back at Gen Con and maybe after that for another miniseries. I mean, yeah. who knows? Who knows? <laughs> the future. I will at the very least leave off with this little tease. This isn't the only adventure in Dark Moon Vale. So mm. if you do bum, enjoy bum. these characters, there is always a chance you may yet see them again. Will Clove get her rage under control? Will Amaranth remember his class abilities? Will Estrella get to punch her uncle? Will Celestine get to sleep with Amaranth? Will Grim actually get to pick some apples? Find out next time. No, most importantly, will Reggie get fat? Yeah. 
Will Reggie how get fat? fat? It's not will how Reggie get fat, Reggie it's how fat. How? She's just a little circle by the end. <laughs> Thankfully, she she flies supernaturally and doesn't actually need she's, to have her little wingies. She's one of those plushies, those squishable things. Squishables. Oh. <laughs> You've turned Reggie into a squishable. Okay, oh, no. so new product idea. Uh, <laughs> I, Reggie. Poor, poor I'd Reggie. Oh, man. Okay, will we ever get back to prove that kobold wrong that yelled at us that we wouldn't be back when we yelled that we'd be back in the, in the underground cavern? True. We'll we find, find more find dead jagares. Yeah. How so many, many more dead jagares are in the forest? I think, we should, I think we should all make a pack right now. Okay. That if any of our characters die, we have to play a jagare. <laughs> yes. Nice. All right. All right. Go team jagare. I'm in. Jagare squad, deploy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking for my cousin and my brother and my uncle. <laughs> and my third, fourth, and fifth cousin also came out this way. <laughs> Twice removed, you know. Oh, uh, jeez. It's a good I'm thing we developed this. reserves. <laughs> it's a good thing we developed this Jagari based strength system. <laughs> it's over five Jagaris. <laughs> wow. I, I guess we're signing off there with the Jagaris. <laughs> yes. That's a good note. Yes. <laughs> I guess I just wanted to close real quick with, uh, you know, first of all, thank you to the crew here for joining me on this adventure. I really appreciate that. I hope you all had fun. fun Ross. Absolutely. It was fun. We definitely had yeah. fun. Yeah. I mean, there is, it wasn't like we finished this and I was like, so there, there are more adventures in, in Dark Moon Vale, Ross. Poke, poke. <laughs> wow, I didn't know. It's almost like it was intentional. Yeah. <laughs> I also wanted to give a special thank you to Rick as well for letting me take the basalt throne for a little bit. Me. So. Yes, sir. <laughs> well, thanks for keeping it warm for me. Yeah, with that, um, if nobody else has any questions or anything. Uh, I just wanted to mention uh, if any of you have finished going through all of these episodes, have finished listening to this, have very much enjoyed it. We have launched a Find the Path Ventures feed, which is going to be our catch-all landing pad, if you will, for our additional material that we are creating, including this show. So mm -hmm. if you listen through this and decide, I want to give this a listen back through, then you can find the episodes posted there on a bi-weekly basis. Mm -hmm. Also, you know, like Mummy's Mask is kind of a podcast we do. And we we, we kind of have a Patreon that yeah, has like more content. Know. If you're just really like, you know, wanting to go deep. Wait, we what? You can go to Twitch and, and Saturdays, Saturdays on Twitch, you can watch Jordan and I play games badly. And yes. then there's a Discord channel where you can play games with other path folk. I mean, and us. Yeah. Yeah, we, do, okay, us. we actually do go in and occasionally play some society games. Yeah. So, yeah. And if you want to hear more from Ross, you can, of course, check out the Tyrant's Grasp actual play. He comes mm. in pretty soon. Uh, he's not there at the launch, but he's there pretty soon thereafter. And if you want to hear him on Mummy's Mask, you have to skip forward about 106 <laughs> episodes. <laughs> uh, but there's a Fated Tale series where, got, where Ross guests. So uh, yes. there's that, too. That's true. If you're sitting but, there, it's uh, like, these other guys are okay, but I really love Ross. Ross. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Ross is the best yeah. of us. I'm <laughs> flattered, but why? <laughs> uh, <laughs> He's just so dang nice. <laughs> Killing with kindness is Ross's catchphrase. Yep. Thank you so much for joining us. Enjoy the rest of the fire, and we'll catch you next time we Later. catch you. We'll Have see a you good on one. the other side. <laughs> and Enjoy until next time, good luck, Pathfinders. Good luck, everybody.
Find the Path Ventures is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Hollow's Last Hope is copyright 2007. Hollow's Last Hope and the Game Mastery module line are trademarks of Paizo. All Game Mastery images are property of Paizo and used with permission.